Welcome to Aquarian Anarchy, everyone. Our quote tonight is from Ludwig von Mises. All rational action is in the first place individual action. Only the individual thinks, only the individual reasons, only the individual acts. And man, do we have a special individual to bring to you tonight. Uh, this last year and a half has been a challenge, but it's been a beautiful journey. And uh, we've struggled on this podcast with uh, trying to like find a good way to describe what we do and what we're about. And uh, we've also tried to find you know effective ways to bring about the world that we want to see. Um, and somehow somebody distilled all of this into one very simple phrase. I'm wearing it on my shirt, hooked up and build. And there's nobody I've seen, let alone somebody half my age, who has embodied this more than our guest tonight, a legend in the making, King Randall. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is uh, this is something that that I've been watching as you as you have uh, burst onto the scene and and I've been admiring what you've been doing and uh, you know like we talked about right before we came on here I was curious you know all right so what what is it that made this vision come about and like how did it evolve into what it is now like how did it start and how how did it get here. Absolutely. Um, well, where I live in Albany, Georgia, uh, we were at one point the fourth poorest city in the United States. Uh, we're currently number one for poverty in Georgia um, and our crime rates are extremely high um, and many of our young people are being killed and other young people are committing these crimes. Um, we just had a four year old killed maybe about three weeks ago. 15 year old killed after that 19 year old killed last week um, before that a 12 year old was killed. So many children are being killed, but being charged with these murders are other children. And um, I'm, it's, it's kind of disheartening. And maybe um, I think when I was 19, uh, we had a string of murders happen. And back in 2018, and we would have all these meetings in Albany. Everybody wants to have a meeting every time somebody gets killed. Let's have a meeting. Let's let's have a stop the violence meeting. So every time we go to these meetings, everybody's there with all these solutions. We leave. Nobody does anything mm -hmm. and repeat. Somebody dies. Stop the violence meeting. Everybody goes and intellectually masturbates and nothing. Um, it happens every time. Uh, so I started talking about the solutions that I wanted to implement and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. You know, everybody was on my side. You know, that sounds awesome. But nobody wanted to do anything. So I started actually doing it. Uh, so when I was 19 uh, in January uh, of 2019, I started the Extra Boys program. Um, I started by taking 20 young men on a field trip to the African-American History Museum uh, in Atlanta. And we went to the Center for uh, Civil and Human Rights uh, and taking the children to that museum and listening to the questions that they asked, listening to them not wanting to be in their conditions. That's where I knew that children are what was going to change the city of Albany. Um, so after that, I did an oil change workshop. Um, I taught some children how to change oil. I taught 20 young boys how to change oil at my uncle's house in his garage. Um, and watching them get, receive their certificates that I made for them, um, it was a beautiful thing. Um, their parents were calling and saying, you know, he want to put his he wants to put his certificate on the wall. You know, he feels he feels really good, you know, because many of those children don't have good grades and things like that. So they begin to feel like they're worthless. And and I really hate the grading system because sometimes it makes children feel like they're not smart when in all actuality, you're probably just not good at school. Um, that other child may be good at school, but may not be smarter than you. Um, that A means nothing to me. Um, and sometimes I, I, I don't like that. But 
giving them something to take home and be proud of, you know, it develops a, you know, a sense of confidence and makes them feel like they're worth something. Um, then after that, I did a brake change workshop. I taught some kids how to change brakes, um, on a vehicle. Uh, after that, um, summertime happened and I lost my job that I was working. I was driving a forklift and, um, I lost my job and I had already said that I wanted to do something for a young man. So I think that was God kind of pushing me to, to, to do what it was that I needed to be doing. Uh, so I, I took 20 boys uh, and I said, you know what? I'm going to do something at my house. I don't have a building. I don't have any place to go. Um, so I had it at my house uh, I, right here in the same dining room. I had got some small tables that I went and bought. I went and got a small dry erase board and I made it happen. Every day I taught for the entire summer. Um, I taught the boys how to change toilets, change ceiling fans. We did flooring. We grew our own food. I have about four acres um, at my house. So we grew our own food. Um, we fixed on cars. Um, and every day we were reading, learning vocabulary words. I was teaching them financial literacy. Uh, it was a beautiful summer. But during this summer, I recognized that probably 12 out of the 20 boys couldn't read. And when I say couldn't read, I had a kid who couldn't read cat dog and he was in the sixth grade. Oh, and wow. and I was like, how are you in the sixth grade and you can't right. read or write literally? Um, and then, you know, looking at some of the high schoolers, you know, who couldn't read and who couldn't write. This, this was alarming to me. And this is when mm -hmm. I said I wanted to open a school. And I told my boys, I was like, listen, we're going to open a school one day. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to make it happen. Uh, so. That's how that started with the school idea. Um, and immediately after that, I started a book club. I started um, reading Letters to a Young Brother by Hill Harper. My uh, book club started off with like two boys. Um, then it grew, you know, to the point where we couldn't fit in the local library anymore. We had to use um, one of our local um, small businesses every day when she would close her shop. She would allow us to use the front of her uh you know, building to be able to do our book club. And I did that every day for months, not every day, excuse me, every Thursday for months. Um, and it was beautiful. We had an 86% reading comprehension rate. The students were learning. Vocabulary was great. Um, it was awesome. Then COVID happened. Um, and when COVID happened in 2020, um, everything stopped. Uh, I couldn't do book club. I couldn't do any of our workshops that we were doing. I couldn't do any of the field trips. I mean, during that whole time, we'd done about 20 field trips. I'd been doing workshops, book club. I was constantly busy with them and um, everything stopped. I wasn't able to do anything for the boys and I, I, I didn't know what to do. Uh, so parents were still calling when the summertime came around and asked, like, was I going to do anything for the boys? And I was like, what can I do? Like, everything is closed. I can't go anywhere. And I said, well, if I'm going to have them, you know, do something, then they're going to have to come live with me during the summer. Um, and the parents were like, well, okay. So I had six <laughs> kids come live with me uh, for the entire summer of 2020. I went and bought some bunk beds. I put them in my living room and we made it happen. Um, mm -hmm. During this time, uh, I didn't have no money. Uh, so we were broke, um, but I still made it happen. You know, we was eating $5 hot and ready's and beanies and weenies, but I had to work ethic. Um, I learned how to cut mm -hmm. hair. I learned how to fix cars. I was painting people's houses. Um, so during this time of the program, I was still out trying to at least make a hundred dollars here, $20 there, you know, to be able to feed the kids or at least drive them somewhere. I was driving this little broke down van. Somebody uh, gave to me to be able to drive the boy. So we were stuck on the side of the road with that sometime. It would run hot and all that. We got plenty of stories. Um, I drove them to Cincinnati to go to the aquarium and to the zoo. And we got stuck on the side of the road for nine hours. And we, we, uh, we have stories. Uh, we have right. many stories, many intimate moments. Um, but yeah, so that summer, um, I had not been posting like I should have been posting on social media. 
Um, and contrary to popular belief, I, I don't even post everything we do to this day. We have so so much archive footage. Um, and uh, I posted on Twitter one time. I posted me and the boys doing some sheetrock in the apartment complex. Um, these this uh, apartment complex allowed us to come work with some contractors uh, working on some apartment complexes. And um, I posted it on Twitter, and it went viral. But it was weird because everybody that was sharing it with these people with these Trump freaking profile pictures and MAGA this and all that. And I was like, <laughs> it brought the heat to you. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and at this time, and, I, and I'm, I'm extremely, you know, open about talking about how I hated white people. Only reason I hated white people was because of everything, you know, I'd heard and the white mm-hmm. man did this and everything, you know, just. And all the, the do a bunch of shit. Be clear. Yeah, yeah, of course, absolutely. But the thing was, was that's not happening to me, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't affecting mm-hmm. me. It's just I was upset about crap that happened before and mm-hmm. reading, listening to all these, you know, guys talk about the white man, this and that. But these guys weren't doing anything. Um, and then I came to realize I'm like, I'm actually out here successful and doing stuff, and nobody stopped me. Um, and that's not to say ignore, you know, what has happened, you know, be clear. But, um, mm-hmm. I think at that time, you know, it, I was taken back because I was just like, why are all these Trumpers, racist people sharing my stuff? <laughs> um, then they were like, can you make a GoFundMe account for your school? And I was just like, okay, well, we'll make a mm-hmm. GoFundMe. We raised like $20,000, like the first week. Um, and mm-hmm. I only had like, 4,000 followers on Twitter that came overnight. <laughs> and so um, we'd, we'd raised like $20,000. Then this guy named Patrick, um, he's a, a big supporter of University of Texas in San Antonio. Mm. Um, he reached out and he was like, I'll match up to $5,000. We raised that. Like, we was raising money super fast. Like, all these white people were reaching out and asking to help. And I was like, this is nuts. Like, so then I started listening to people like, uh, mm. you know, Brandon Tatum or whatever. Um, like to begin with, and that's kind of how I got into the conservative space. And what was crazy was I've always thought like that. However, the things that they were saying were on the Republican side. I didn't, I never heard anything mm. Republicans had to say because I never, mm. you know, or conservatives because the first thing we say is, oh, they're racist. So we don't listen to anything they have to say, but not realizing they say a lot of things that we agree with in the black community. Mm. Quick question. Um, so, yeah. So, so with like, oh, wait. No, so with being a young black man, and uh, like uh, what you call it, do you find that like there's a lot of conservative values in the black household? Am I fucking frozen? Are you kidding? Oh, no, you're no. not frozen. <laughs> no, you're not frozen. But uh, um, no, yeah, that's 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 everywhere in the black community. We, we are very conservative, very, very conservative. Even now, I saw this viral uh, tweet. Somebody was like uh, black men try to act like they liberal, but they really conservative. I'm like, yeah, we're extremely conservative. We want to conserve our families. We want to conserve our manhood. We want to conserve mm-hmm. traditional family values. That's what we want to conserve. Um, and but the the stigma of old oh, Trump is racist, old oh, Republicans are racist, or conservatives are racist is you know that's what stops us. And after we went viral, then we got invited to the White House, and then we went to the White House, and it was a beautiful thing for our boys who had never traveled anywhere, you know, never been outside the city of Albany for them to take their first plane flight to go stay in this super nice hotel. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. Nice. Um, and after that, you know, um, that's kind of where we got into the conservative space. And um, and I was still doing work. I was still boarding the kids because they still weren't at school. So I had got a new a new round of children um, after the summertime. I had children traveling from different places to come, you know, stay with me and get the teaching. And um, 
yeah, I was still doing a book club. You know, I had to do it at home. I started back doing workshops um, after everything calmed down. And um, fast forward to 2021, um, you know, we were raising money for the school and I got into an argument with Roland Martin. Uh, <laughs> connection. Trauma. I got into an <laughs> argument with Roland Martin back in March on his show. Um, and maybe two or three weeks after we did that interview, it went viral on social media and people mm-hmm. everywhere saw what I was doing um, from every space, conservative, liberal, whatever. Um, and what was crazy was people was like, are you like the first black conservative to go on CNN and they highlighted you? Um, you know, and it was it was beautiful. Um, I went on CNN, Fox, OAN, Kelly Clarkson show. I mean, all these people from everywhere were like, you are 21 years old and you are opening a school. What right. the hell? And you now know, you made it was, the big time. You're on Aquarian right. Anarchy. For it's, sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So exactly. I want to dive I mean, like who gets to meet Chad? <laughs> right, right. For, I, I want to dive into a few things that, that, you, that you said there. The um, mm-hmm. first thing that, that I want to uh, say is I have three books I'd like to add to your library. Um, sure. They're the same book, but I'll send you all three. I have uh, three copies of Adam Kokesh's Freedom. I'd love mm-hmm. to add it to your book. If you can get that address to uh, Chad, mm-hmm. I can send you all three of them um, okay. because I want to see um, what you want to see. I want to f- see f- uh, free black men taking their power back and rising. I also right. want to, uh, so that that was the one of the things that I wanted to point out. The second thing that I want to point out is I'm not going to be Roland Mar- Martin in that um, – <laughs> If anybody has the chance to to see that interview, don't bother because he doesn't. Uh, Roland Martin does not let uh, King Randall talk. Um, he, you've already talked more than the entire interview. <laughs> that yeah, that I think he waited him. like the last five minutes, and he's like, "So, what is your work again?" Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. God, you and, have an opportunity and, to talk to this. A trailblazer and you're not doing it come on right and uh the second thing i want to point out is i am not a conservative i don't want to conserve shit they've already tore down everything that that y'all are trying to (laughs) conserve that's right (laughs) and i'm a radical and um being a radical i want to radicalize the black community and um i think that what you're doing by um empowering people in their in their strength and building them up from the from their core is how we get to freedom and you know all of us that have these ideas and thoughts those are all great but what you said earlier when you were like you know they we all have these great ideas and then we go back out and nobody does anything that's the fucking problem i have ideas too but the difference is I'm putting my, and, and you do too, and we're putting those ideas into practice. The ideas are great to start the process. They are not mm-hmm. the process itself. Right. So I just wanted to throw my two cents in. Yeah, and that's, Absolutely. so I'll, I'll use that as a way to, to bring this quote that you had from, uh, from on stage there at the Solutionary mm-hmm. Summit. You said, they said to sum up what you want to tell everybody in one sentence. And you said, find your work ethic before you find your purpose. Explain that and, and like what, how that, ties into what Marcus was just uh, talking about. Absolutely. So if um, I made mention earlier um, about the things I had to do to be able to support the boys before we became a name Um, and my boys have watched me work, you know, to build the program. They've watched me put in 100 percent, you know, trying to make it happen. Long nights, lights getting cut off eating stuff we don't want to eat all the time, being stuck on the side of the road, et cetera, but never giving up, you know, staying steadfast and believing in what we were trying to do. You know, um, God will grant you your purpose. If not, you already have your purpose, but he needs to see you work. Um, And I think even if you're flipping burgers or whatever, you need to put 
100% into whatever you're doing. Um, that's what I believe in work ethic before a purpose, um, because how are you gonna get your purpose and you don't have any work ethic. So now I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but you aren't doing anything. You know, you're not putting in the work. You're not waking up at five o'clock in the morning. You're not, you know, putting in that work. You're not studying what you should be doing. You know, like you can find your purpose. Oh, I'll need to find my purpose. I don't know what I'm here to do. Well, work ethic, find your work ethic first. And then when you find your purpose, you will freaking go a hundred miles per hour. How did you necessarily find your worth i think did you find it when you had the boys and you had to shoulder the responsibility of them or were you a lot younger and you were you know set on being disciplined and there are things that you know kind of made you a disciplined man who's increased his work ethic due to the boys um growing up i had a stepdad my former stepdad um the old man that stayed behind us uh, the guy who stayed down the street and the guy who stayed a little further down the street. Um, all these men helped to raise me and make me the man that I am. Um, I know people are always like, oh, King Randall, you're special. I'm just like, no, I'm just a regular kid who had a dad and who had men in his life. Um, that's as simple as that. Um, and so they taught me all the things that I know and all the things that I do, my uncles included, um, my manager included, um, all these people you know that I have in my life. I have a circle of elders that guide me. Um, but growing up, uh, I had to work at it because we did everything. I mean, my former stepdad, he taught me how to build everything. We built all of our sheds in the backyard. We built all of our dog houses, chicken pens, rabbit pens, everything that we had, you know, in the backyard, we built. Um, I mean, we grew all of our own food. Anytime we wanted to eat at home, we went outside and picked it. Uh, you know, he taught me how to make grills. We made grills out of gas tanks. I mean, like literally I was welded at 12. Um, so we, we made our washroom outside. Like we turned our washroom in the house into a bedroom and we, we ran plumbing under the ground all the way outside to a shed we built, uh, you know, to, for our washroom. You know, we ran electricity from the house all the way outside. Like I could do all of these things. I didn't understand how important it was at the time, but now I understand it because a lot of these children don't know how to do it. And I can go work with my hands and do anything. Um, and you know, so I learned all that growing up. Then as a kid in high school, um, I was always the different kid. Um, I wore a suit to school every day in high school with a briefcase. All my classmates would tell you if I didn't have on a suit, they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why you don't have on a suit? Like, What's wrong with you? You know, like the first two years of high school, I tried to, you know, do the fitting in thing because when I was in middle school, I'll never forget when I was in sixth grade, uh, I got my yearbook in the room, actually. But my sixth grade yearbook, it was crazy is I only have like two yearbooks from school, but I have that one in particular. And um, my sixth grade year, I wore a suit to picture day. Everybody picked on me the whole day uh, from the beginning to the end. Uh, they destroyed me. It was crazy. Um, I'll never forget it. And um, I never wanted to I never wanted to wear their suit again. Never wanted to wear a suit ever. Um, but when I got to high school and my mom wasn't poor or anything, I just didn't want to wear what everybody else was wearing. Um, so when I got to high school, you know, my mom, you know, had money and stuff. So I was like, well, just buy me polo and stuff. Maybe they'll, cause that's what everybody was wearing. They want to wear this and that. So I finally get the nice polo stuff. They're like, oh, that's fake. I'm just like, well, what y'all want me to do? Like, I just like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't please everybody out here, G. You can't please everybody. Like, and be, then they got mad because mine looked better than theirs. I'm just like, like, come on, man. Like, I don't have time for this. So eventually, I just started being myself again. I started wearing suits. I had a briefcase. I wore to school. I had brought to school every day. Never had a book bag. And um, I was like the school like leader. Uh, I I was voted best student by all the teachers. I was voted most likely to be famous. 
Um, I mean, it's it's so much happened in high school. I was able to speak. I was started speaking at other schools while I was still in high school. Um, I was I turned <laughs> into a motivational great. speaker. My principal <laughs> would allow me to skip class to go speak at other that's schools. Awesome. Um, yeah, and 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 that's that was beautiful, you know. And I was the captain of the culinary team. Um, I graduated uh, with an associate's degree in culinary arts. Um, that pulled a lot of work ethic out of me because culinary school oh, is man. a tough task. And being 16 years old, trying to get a two-year degree and doing high school at the same time, work ethic. Got to have a lot of it. Because um, we had classes, you're talking about getting out of school during the day and then having to go cater an event all the way to 12 o'clock in the morning, you know, and then going to school the next day like it was tough you know but i got my degree in a year and a half it didn't even take me a full two years because i put in the work i didn't take no summers off mm -hmm. anything i put in the work um and that transferred into when i went to the marine corps that put a whole nother work ethic in me um so it's a lot happened growing up to put that work ethic in me um i've always had the work ethic i will always have the work ethic it's just going to get better and better that's what's up, that's what's up. Nice. so so one yeah. of the things that 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 happens that we've we've seen is uh, that I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like the, the approach of trying to grow good, strong, confident, skilled young men mm -hmm. because of what has happened to masculinity, what is mm -hmm. what the, the attack on, on that and like the nuclear family and everything. We started a blog with, uh, I mean, you can see, I got the, uh, the Hotep Nation uh, banner back in the background there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, with uh, Hotep Jesus and, and some of the other guys, Ant and, and uh, Jonesy, and shout out to all, all the writers and everything. We have the Men of Order blog now where we're we're trying to help uh, provide a place for, for you know, young adult men to get mm -hmm. get some of the information that they need and have a place to go to, to, to get, you know, health and nutrition and fitness and mm -hmm. uh, business and finance information. Um, you talked about the kids coming through your program, those boys and getting that certificate and how proud they were to put that on the wall. Like mm -hmm. explain what it means to someone to not have a helpless feeling and to feel like they're so, they, they can do something. And like, now there's, there's like, Oh, I have this skill. Now I have this strength now that I didn't have before. What, what do you see? Like, it, it, does it manifest in like their demeanor changing? Yeah, absolutely. It builds a confidence in them. You got to think a kid who's always making bad grades and doesn't know how to do anything. They literally don't have anything to be proud of, of themselves about because everything that they do know how to do is dumb, like smoking weed or knowing how to roll a blunt or going to steal a car. You know, just right. that's what they do in the hood now. So that mm -hmm. those are their you know rights of passage. Those are the things that you can mm -hmm. say you're cool about. But if I teach you how to work on a car, you can go show your mama you know how to do it. And you're proud of yourself. She's proud of you for something because you don't make good grades. You don't do anything special. You don't play sports. You know, you just sit at home. You know, you make whatever kind of grades but you can fix a car i can change the ceiling fan ma you know i can paint mm -hmm. hey mama let me let me uh buy you a rose you know because i you know teach them how to cook or i'll teach them how to make an omelet just little things like that to see those kids get so excited i remember the first year our first summer camp graduation um i taught all the boys how to make uh omelets one day and one of the moms like got up and almost cried. She was like, to see my son in there, like trying to make me an omelet was just the most beautiful <laughs> experience. Like she was literally about to cry because she was like, he came home and he was like, I'm cooking everybody breakfast. I'm gonna make everybody an omelet. Like <laughs> just, just little things like that. We all was huddled up in our kitchen, 
you know, mm -hmm. my kitchen and I awesome. had them one by one come by, you know, I all had, had the eggs and showed them how to do it, you know, using a little skewer or whatever. Like it was so beautiful. I showed them how to flip it, you know, ask them what they want right. on it. And, you know, they were at home, you know, the mamas were sending me pictures of the omelets they made and stuff. Very and cool. I didn't tell them they had to go home and make it. They were just like, nah, I'm going to go home and show mom. I know how to do this, That's right. you know, but That's... it makes you feel good about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and no, my you want to show it off. Yeah, you want to yeah, show off. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, as a man, you know, that's that's just nature. We want to show off. We want to show what we can do, you know. Um, so to show a young man that he can do something, you know, to show him he has the capability of doing something, you know, that breeds a, a entirely different um demeanor, you know, in young men. They walk different, they talk it's different. Fire, man. Um, yeah, it's it it feels good, you know, to know how to do something. I mean, like, and I never toot my own horn, but you can't make me feel bad about. I know how to do everything. I can weld, I can cut hair, I can lay brick, I can uh, change a ceiling fan, I can grow food. You name it. I can you live I, in man. Indiana. Hey, yeah. What, what, hey, look. What's, what's, I, I love what's, to talk about it. <laughs> what's coming? What's coming down the pike is is we're gonna need everybody's gonna need to know as much of that shit as they can because you don't know exactly. what you're gonna have to be fending for yourself for. Coming up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's important, even with us doing wilderness training. I can, you know, kill animals. I can skin animals. I know how to find food. I know how to make a fire, all that stuff. You know, that you got to teach the mm -hmm. children how to do all these things. Yeah, um, so, you know, doing wilderness training, firearms training, you know, all of these things, even just basic family uh, training, how to, you know, court, you know, how to take care of your family, just things like that are important. Um, and that's what I want to do at our school. Like our school will be teaching all of that from top to bottom in different phases. Um, and that's what I've been working on um, for the past, uh, you know, few days, actually. Like I've just been all day, like working on what the phases will be looking like. Where do I want the school, you know, here, you know, in a few years, you know, just all of that. I've been constantly working on that because I need it to a point where it's affecting the children. They're actually changing and they're actually changing their lives and they're able to affect changing the communities where their grandchildren will live in the future. For sure. And and it's not going to take a generation. It's going to, you know, it's going to take a few generations for people to start really, you know, figuring shit out. Um, right. One of the things, sorry to go back to the, the Roland Martin thing, but one of the no things worries. he couldn't even, he couldn't even fathom the idea that you can do some shit without government. He couldn't even, that his brain didn't even <laughs> register with that. It was going to be so like, oh, the road uses government. Like, bro, shut up. Right. Come on, dog. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it, it, what you're talking about, you know, my wife and I talk about this quite frequently that mm -hmm. um, they're doing Roland Martin. Of, Why? No, not Roland kidding. Martin. No, the, the, the topic. <laughs> I'll never watch that fool again. <laughs> but, uh, but to be clear, um, what we talk about is that um, the government is doing a rope a dope right now. They're getting you mm -hmm. to where, you know, uh, they can raise their, your taxes to God knows where. Mm -hmm. These high things and, and that's not sustainable they know it's not sustainable and mm -hmm. what they're going to do is they're going to have you paying 50 percent of your income this is just on average 50 percent mm -hmm. of your income to taxes and then they're going to say oh we, ca we can't do that shit anymore because it's too expensive and mm -hmm. we're going to keep your taxes at 50 percent and we're going to drop all that safety net out from underneath everything you. else yeah <laughs> the difference between frankly the four of us and, and many of the people that, that we kind of associate with mm -hmm. the hoteps many of libertarians those kinds of people we'll be all right we're not gonna be great it's gonna suck for a moment mm -hmm. but we'll because we've built up these skills like you're talking about we'll be okay what you're doing 
is you're taking that to the next step. I, I've got kids. I uh, I definitely have instilled in them. My son can work circles around me on a car, mm-hmm. as an example. <laughs> as he um, should. Right. <laughs> I've instilled these in my, my kids, but I haven't done it to my community yet. Started that last weekend. But mm-hmm. um, but what you're doing is you're passing on those skills. And that, right. and that to the state and to government is very, very dangerous because it, mm-hmm. when they're not looking um, at them as their savior, right. they start looking at other things. They start looking at themselves. They start looking at uh, God. They start looking at the real right. things in life that matter, not the cult that is the government. Right. Absolutely. Um, I feel like... Um... Earlier, somebody made a comment on my Instagram page when I was talking about the poverty um, in Albany, and I was saying, you know, how um, Albany, Georgia is going to thrive um, because I'm going to continue fostering an environment for our boys to be able to execute the vision. Um, And he was saying, yes, that's why it's so important to vote. And I'm like, how did you get voting out of that? Like, (laughs) I don't understand why voting has our people in a chokehold like voting has like i don't it's understand I'm just like, we're so yes. stuck on legal we're so stuck on you know <laughs> to follow because black people were put into this cookie cutter you have to do this this and this yes. it's evident through our generations and our ancestors that have been brainwashed into thinking yeah we gotta follow what we've been told to do like no no, I'm like, I told him, I replied and said, we've been voting for the same trauma since 19, mm-hmm. the, the, the Civil Rights Act. Uh, so mm-hmm. why would I recommend that when looking at the conditions of our community, it clearly hasn't worked. And honestly, our con- communities are in a worse condition than they were in mm-hmm. during the Civil Rights Movement. But that's an entirely mm-hmm. another conversation. But, but um, look, it's not it's not <laughs> it's not exclusive to to the to one political group or one no. ethnic group or anything like that. Like I tell the same thing to white conservatives. Like, man, y'all been trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned since they they made that decision. And y'all got people putting up Planned Parenthoods and all this other stuff all over your neighborhoods and you're not doing anything or or not enough of y'all are doing nothing. Y'all y'all are investing all this money in paying for Republican politicians campaigns to tell you right. they're gonna do something about it and then nothing happens. Instead, you could you could put that money in a clinic across the street that actually Literally. helps women have babies and, del- and and adopt, put them up for adoption. You have to compete. That is the exactly. thing. You have to bring a competing force. Uh, Felicia Killing says this all the time. You have sure. to bring Love somebody to compete. That mm-hmm. is literally it. You can't. They literally, let's like CRT. She always says, stop arguing about critical race theory and come up with a new knowledge. Like, stop telling them to, but, to ban critical race theory. Just do something new and compete. Right, like, right. It, it makes no sense. Like, even, um, you know, uh, I was doing an interview um, with a magazine. They were talking about how, you know, rightfully so, you know, some Republicans are, you know, written off or looked at as racist or whatever mm. like that. And I'm just like, well, that's because they don't show up in the community. They say the same thing. Well, we're not going to show up because they're going to vote Democrat anyway. Democrats don't say that crap. They're going to go take their asses out there <laughs> the to Texas, to, Virginia, to Texas. Georgia. every red <laughs> state. They're going to stay out there for 20 years and make sure it turned blue eventually. They were and clowning we Stacey the, Abrams. They're not clowning her anymore, are they? You know what Stacey Abrams on her way to? Texas. You know what's going to turn? 
turn blue? Texas. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't I don't understand why they won't compete, man. I, they would they refuse to compete with the whole unwinnable district conversation, all that. And me, I'm not arguing about my school system. I'm not about to find no politician to come fight them. I'm not trying to elect nobody new to school board. I'm going to start our own mm-hmm. school. Period. Yeah. I don't like have time said, for that. Like you said, when That's Roland cool. kept pressing you on it, there it's not to say that there aren't people who could do that, but the hand is not meant to kick the football. The hand no. throws the football. Thank you. I told him we have different parts of the body. Right. I said, listen, we do need people fighting for voting rights. Sure. But yeah. that ain't my fight. And you can't tell me yeah. that all of us need to be fighting for voting rights. I don't have time for that. I literally well, don't all, have time. If all we all did was fight for voting rights, who the fuck would, would actually teach the kids? We have no teachers. Nobody. We just have voting rights activists. Okay. Listen, I told them they do we not care about the kids. Teachers. I tell them no, they don't care them about the children. I will tell them no. straight up. I'm like, y'all don't care, bro. I'm like, you cannot, especially people here in my city. People in my city can't stand me for no reason. I don't bother nobody, mm-hmm. talk about nobody. They have all these different narratives that they create because I do the work. I'm like, y'all Wait. don't really, it, it shows that y'all don't care. I'm like, because all this crap, y'all say, oh, the kids need this, the kids need that. I literally have them come live in my house. I literally had 36 <laughs> kids come stay at my grandma's right. house for the summer for two months. Literally juvenile delinquents this past summer. And I didn't talk about it that often. I didn't post it every five seconds. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, y'all are not going to do that. Mr. Right. Pastor that tells me that I'm not special and I'm not the only person doing work. Okay, you go take 36 you kids and put them in your house from the juvenile court system. And we're going to see how that works out with your big old church and the Mercedes Benz and all that crap. You're not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, so it's, I got I got to. I got to get into this with uh, with voting rights. Um, Emma Goldman covered this. I can't remember the book, but she covered it thoroughly. It was right before women got the vote. And she said, fuck women getting the vote. That's stupid. A bunch of fucking men have been running things forever and they fucked everything up. Do you really think a bunch of women are going to change all that? It does not (laughs) fucking matter if you're white, pink, purple or blue. People that flash bomb your kids in your neighborhood. Because that's who yep. we're talking about when we're talking about mm-hmm. government. We're talking about mm-hmm. people flash bombing your kids, and it's mm-hmm. the wrong house in your neighborhood. Yep. Those people do not care if you voted. They don't care. Nope. They care that they have power. The solutions come when enough of us say, go fuck your voting. I'm going to change things. And that's what you've mm-hmm. done. And. Yep. And then I man, you're in trouble with Sonny Johnson. Watch out now. <laughs> judges, judges, I love Auntie Sonny. She'll do, she always says she'll post every five seconds. I'll do anything for King Randall. Uh, she she loves me to death. But um, judges, judges, judges seven talks about the 300, the movie 300. You mm. only need 300 to fix mm. it. And I've mm-hmm. talked about that, you know, and uh, I just started talking about that. Um, somebody sent me the scripture and um. I started talking about it because I'm just like, you, you're that that is so correct. Like you only need 300 fortified intellectual, you know, young men to go and start fixing this city. 300 is a lot. Having all of them become better versions of me because people are like, oh, can we replicate you? No, the ex boys is creating way better King Randalls, I promise. <laughs> I'm giving them knowledge at 11, 12 years old. When they turn 30 or 29, I, they're going to be unstoppable. Um, and that's what I want to happen. They need Amen. to be way better than me. You know, so that's that's what's going to happen. That's how we're going to change it. You know, we have to change them, you know, now. And looking at, you know, Albany, I mean, we have 400 churches here, but God isn't present. You know, mm. and, I, and I don't understand why, you know, the churches, you know, they don't. I try not to talk about them so much, but I, it, it annoys me. Hey, you're going to have to point out the facade. 
Really, I'm like that. We have soup. We got mega churches here. The churches are the best looking thing in Albany. We, the, literally, we got beat down buildings and beat no type of skyscrapers. It, our city logo has skyscrapers in it. Ain't no no building as big as that. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest, nicest facility in the city outside of the civic center is a church. And I'm just like, how does this work? We literally are the number one for poverty in Georgia. And all you teachers and doctors and everybody driving your benches want to go to church and, and pray for the Lord to stop the boys from killing themselves. Oh, Lord, please stop the mm. boys from killing themselves. Lord, please help them. Well, God ain't the reason they killing themselves. You the reason they killing themselves. Stop walking around here talking about you care about the kids when you got this $100,000 mortgage, uh, $200,000 car, all that. You ain't putting none of that back into these children that you claim that you care about killing themselves. All y'all do is the same old basic crap giving away Thanksgiving turkeys, giving away clothes, mm. giving men fish all the time to make it seem like you're doing some crap and you ain't trying to change their mindsets. You completely teach the same crap at, at church on Sundays, years on end, teaching the same crap to make people feel good about their badass situation and keep giving you money and ain't nothing changing. Y'all not doing That's nothing right. of no actual substance. All you're doing is the same crap that looks like you're supposed to be doing some, oh, we provide people with this. We can help people find that. That You're not doing nothing of consequence. Y'all have had these churches since before I was born and I've made a bigger dent than you have in three years. That makes mm -hmm. no sense, which is why they hate me so much. They can't stand me. They hate me here. I, I, That's well, crazy. It is, is what it, it is. is it, Sorry, if you want to move, because... Indiana has plenty of places. <laughs> I, I can't leave. <laughs> I cannot leave. The fact that they dislike you is because of how strong and how positive of an impact that your message has been over what they've provided over the many years that they've been standing institutions? Uh, I think it's the main fact that I don't need them, and I will make mm -hmm. sure that they know that. Um, many people, Albany has this little clique um, of pastors and head mm. politicians or so everybody has this little click here once they realize i didn't need them once they realize i can go on fox whenever i want to mm. or go on cnn or whatever they realize that none of my donor classes in the city of albany or i don't even need anybody that you know like we had this little back room meeting after i went on fox it uh, we had uh, some head guy of another nonprofit, another nonprofit head guy, all these presidents of the nonprofits. And we had two other guys in there. Only one of them was on my side. But um, they like, OK, you know, well, we're just saying if you stay good, you know, in, in good with us, you don't have to worry about nobody bothering you. You know what I mean? Like basically trying to tell me, oh, if you, you get with the program. Me. Right. If you get with the program, we ain't going to bother you or whatever like that. Had a mafia tactics, right? Exactly. It was literally a mafia meeting, Government. and um, yeah, it was it was a mafia meeting basically. And then had a meeting with the number one pastor in Albany. He's like, "Well, son, let me tell you something. You ain't that special. You need to stay out of media. You need to do this and that. You ain't special, you know." All that. I'm like, "Okay, cool. All right, I'm gonna show you how not special I am." Or whatever, because mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep exposing y'all for what y'all not doing because all the crap you know that I'm doing. Why haven't y'all opened those schools? I've asked why the churches ain't got no farmland. We literally have only one side of town has a grocery store. All the other side of town, they don't have no grocery stores, dog. But you know what churches was doing when the grocery store closed down? They out inside the, outside the damn grocery store protesting. Like, protesting the grocery store is going to make them stay open. <laughs> you stupid idiots. How about all 400 of you churches get together 
and reopen the grocery store. How right. about you go buy some farmland, hire some people from the neighborhood and, and make your own Baptist church canon where you can all the vegetables in. I mean, anything. I'm like, you can, we can make it happen yeah. in our community. Mm -hmm. We we have the funds. Y'all got the government assistance while y'all ain't to be in, supposed to be in the pulpit preaching politics, even though y'all do having candidates come in there and all that stuff like that. Even y'all ain't supposed to. Y'all got pro progressivism killing our communities. Got the people, every every other surrounding community is thriving. Le Leesburg, Georgia, Tifton, Georgia, Warner Robins, all these cities are thriving, getting new business, all that. You know what's happening in Albany? We are the lone blue city surrounded by all these red cities. All the red cities are doing fine. We the one lone blue city in turmoil, literally. And they're going to keep pushing the same crap, telling people to vote for the same people at these same churches in they same clique. They can't stand me because I don't need them, and they can't find no dirt because I ain't number 22. Dude, I got to say... <laughs> Man, it's good. I live in Indiana and you live in Georgia because you'd have my fat white ass out there with you because you got me my pulses <laughs> raised. I'm like, yeah, you got my old white ass out there in front of this church going, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I don't even bother. This is special. I don't, look, I don't mention their names. I don't talk about them. I let them do all their little videos. I let them talk about me as much as they mm. want. I don't care. Um, and I continue doing my work. One thing people are always going to notice about me, the work is going to beat them every time. You can't argue with results. You, ca you can't dispute the results at all. And some people, you know, around here got this old King Reynolds gotten arrogant. The difference between arrogance and confidence is results. I'm telling you what I've done. Y'all are arrogant because mm -hmm. y'all can talk about what y'all can do and ain't did it. Y'all the ones are arrogant. Mm -hmm. I'm confident because I have the results. And I don't even talk mm -hmm. about it all the time. I let my work bear witness. I let parents make posts about what's happening with their children. I let my yeah. boys' grades come up. And, you know, they'll hold my, even my students, they'll hold my kids, you know, to a higher standard if they have any of my gear on, you know, around the city of Albany mm -hmm. or something because they know they're coming through my program. You know, and I have people, you know, my boys who may participate in other organizations, they'll try to talk about me to my boys, et cetera. You know, just little stupid stuff like that. But again, that's where I have to fortify their minds to defend the vision. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's something extremely important that I'm, um, you know, going to start working on as far as teaching them what it is that we're doing. What is our mission? How do we combat anybody that has something to say about what we're doing because they are not doing it? Well, so let's let's talk about that, like specifically, because uh, yeah, I know you've talked about like, you know, gar you know, growing food, um, welding, uh, changing brakes, changing tires, different things mm -hmm. like that. What um, some of the stuff in the kitchen, things, things of that nature. What are what's like the 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 arsenal of, of skills that these the that the boys are learning? Yeah. Uh, so, of course, uh, you know, basic academics, but uh, the school will be in uh, three phases. Uh, we'll have preliminary where we'll begin uh, with the boys getting like an initial strength test, seeing what they can do physically, uh, seeing what they know knowledge wise. What is their reading level? Um, with a great level um, for reading, et cetera, all those different things. We're going to introduce them to firearms, et cetera, um, to begin with. Phase one will include teaching them martial arts. It will include teaching them nutrition. It will include teaching them how to swim. It will include teaching them firearm safety. It will include all these uh, different things, field training, um, camping, et cetera, uh, how to find food. Regardless, um, all those different things uh, we'll be teaching in first phase. Second phase will 
fortify those things. So the first phase of firearms training will just be working with the firearm, how to break it down, how to clean it, how to aim down your sights, all those different things to begin with. You won't fire a weapon until second phase. Um, when you get to second phase, this is where we'll start teaching you how to actually fire the weapon, how to actually maneuver about, you know, in the wilderness and things like that, how to swim really good because we can teach you how to swim and then we're going to teach you how to survive in the water. You know, all these different things um, as, as, as well as, you know, basic um, welding and working on automotive repair, et cetera. Phase three will be into go into us training you into being that man. Um, and of course, to graduate our school, you'll have to pass all these requirements. You will know how to swim before you graduate. You will know how to properly use a firearm before you graduate. You will know how to weld. You will know how to do a basic uh, oil change and brake repair. You will know how to change a ceiling fan. You will know how to kill an animal and skin it. You will know how to find water. Their last graduation requirement will require them to be out in the wilderness for 72 hours with an instructor who cannot speak to them. Um, they will be there for 72 hours. They will find water. They will find food. They will figure it out for three days. After you pass that uh, last part of your phase, then you can go on to your graduation. After that, when you as you graduate uh, the school, then we'll have a, a fraternity that we're creating for the boys to be able to join. Um, so that way, once they leave the school, they still have a network of boys who have come through the school. Who, yeah, of you know who can help them out, etc. Because some of them may not go to college and may not be able to join all these other fraternities, whom I think are really sweet because all the little stuff they be trying to make them do to join, like swapping spit and swapping egg yolks and all that garbage, and can't none of them freaking change no dang light fixture or freaking grow no food. But you know how to dance, you freaking sweet things. But anyway, uh, we'll 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 have uh, a fraternity that we're creating, you know, for our boys to be able to join. Um, you know, so that way we'll have networks for them, um, constantly building bridges for them. People have reached out to help the boys from all over the world. Um, so what I want to happen is when one of them maybe one of them may move to Australia or China or Japan and be doing their own thing here and there, but we're still connected um, under the umbrella. So if one of the kids need to go to China and do something, I'm like, look, you got a brother who went to the life preparatory school. Um, five years ago and mm -hmm. I have connections over there in China, go over there and talk to him. He can help you figure out what you need to figure out in China or Australia, or you, you want to paint. Okay. Well, one of your brothers has a paint company, go join him. You know, just, I want mm -hmm. to create that full network nice. uh, for the boys um, to be able to have and mm -hmm. to even execute the vision of transforming the city of Albany um, to what we want to see it as within the five to 10 years. So that's kind of like a brief, idea sure, all those things you know all those things go into other things like uh just mm -hmm. just the basic uh you know firearms training etc like all those things we'll dig into you know um, right. as well as teaching them family uh training like at night um you know when it's time to go to sleep we'll have you know these discussions about family they'll receive a lecture from me every sunday you know just these mm -hmm. different little things that we'll be doing um mm -hmm. at the school but all of it all of it will be ever evolving. Um, like I don't like how curriculums remain the same for 20 years. That is impossible because the times change, you know, so our mm -hmm. curriculum will be ever evolving, you know, in five years, the children may need a new type of teaching, you know? Um, so I want that to happen. I want to make sure I'm always remaining a student myself. Um, so just uh, many different things. That's kind of what it, just a basic idea sure. of what life prep looks like. I, I think so it's really I wanna, important uh, to contrast. Yeah, it sounds 
Oh, awesome. Everybody wants to I do want to. Like everybody said something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, right? I've been waiting to, to point this yeah, out. Let me just point it out. The number one thing I think that I think all that's fantastic. Uh, the number one thing I think you need to, to continue doing is building bridges. You need some allies and you need a lot of them because right. um, what a lot of this reminds me of is some of the uh, minus socialism. <laughs> a lot of the people <laughs> okay. that, uh, yeah, minus socialism, what a lot of the people who started the Black Panthers had in mind building mm-hmm. their own community, teaching and building right. a community. And um, so you're, so you're going to get attacked and you're going to get attacked pretty massively. As soon as you start becoming really successful and it starts growing outside mm-hmm. of your, your city, you're going to get a lot of people attacking you and you're going to get infiltrators. You're going to get people that are going to hurt. And the best way for you to insulate yourself from that is to have allies, to have people, right. not just in the black community, people like like us, people like mm-hmm. anarchists, people like libertarians, people like yep. you know, reach out to those MAGA people mm-hmm. again. That's that's All why Fred them. Hansen was killed, mm. right? Yeah, and and so I want to see you succeed. I want to see you get as big as you can. I want, I, I, yeah, I want your ideas everywhere. I want it to go as far as it can go, and so I want you to survive. <laughs> and of course, so, <laughs> right? So I want, um, I, I just really want to encourage you to to build as many bridges and we'll do whatever we can within our community, within the anarchist community to, to encourage people to support what you're doing. Um, so that's what I wanted to say. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's important that we build bridges. Um, and you know, Fred Hampton was killed at 21, um, because he was rallying all different types of groups, you know, together. Um, because you know, we all have our different things that we may, uh, do we have may have different little goals or whatever, but if we all can agree that we want our communities better, I don't care how you want to get there. You do your thing. I do mine. But as long as we want this community in a better place, I don't care what you got going on in your circle. You can worship Satan for all I give a damn. As long as you are taking care of what needs to be taken care of in the community, do your thing. Mm. Nico, what were you, what were you going to say? Cause I, I I had something. Um, Oh boy. Uh, I was going to ask, um, uh oh, now Nico Uh-oh. froze. Nico froze. <laughs> now now oh, Nico no. froze. He, he had, had pre TSD. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're uh, back now. Go ahead. I might have to go like turn off the news on these people downstairs, but my thing is, is that what I appreciate about what you're doing is you're bringing back the real idea and understanding of what being a man is the true soul provider of absolutely everything, but like for the most part, everything. And I want to understand what would be like, I guess your five real solid basic values of being the man that you're teaching these boys to be. Okay, got it. I think I got it. You said uh, the, my five main values and what I'm teaching the boys to be. Okay, uh, well, I always consider the extra boys to be a man-making machine. Um, that is our little thing. It's a man-making machine, um, but I definitely want to start with unencouraging commitment um, and discipline and love. Um, and I think uh, everything happens with uh, love, compassion, and mutual understanding. Um, that's what I think you know makes a community go around: love, compassion, and mutual understanding. Um, but unencouraging commitment, obviously, those are Marine Corps values. But however, they 
they resonate. Um, they are important. Everybody needs those honor, courage, and commitment. Um, something you can be committed to having the courage, um, having honor, showing love, you know, and having discipline. Um, I think all those five things, you know, are what makes a man, you know, to me. I mean, of course, there's many other things that come into play with that, but those five main things are what makes the man make a machine in the X for boys. Awesome. So, so. The contrast I wanted to draw was what you described as what going through your school looks like Mm -hmm. versus what a traditional education looks like and what one thing prepares you for versus what the other prepares you for. Mm -hmm. And look at where we are as a society right now where people Mm -hmm. are desperate because they don't know what they're going to do if the toilet paper runs out of the store. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't know what they're going to do if their Wi-Fi gets turned off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. you're talking about you better be able to find water. You better be able to kill your own food and skin it yourself. Yep. Keep yourself warm. Keep your mm-hmm. get, build shelter. Look, my, my boys and I, we watch this show. I don't know if you've seen it. But it's uh, on, on Netflix. Uh, I think it's on. it was on National Geographic. Um, it's called Alone, where they drop mm-hmm. these people off in the wilderness mm-hmm. in like the in the Arctic, like, like Northern Canada. Mm-hmm. And they, they drop them off there like right before winter sets in and they've got to go out. They, they get to bring like 10 things. Like you get to bring like a hatchet and like, uh, I don't know, maybe a gill net or some shit like that. And you go out there and you have to figure out, you got to build your own shelter out of whatever you can find. You've got to yep. put it up. You've got to get your own food. You've got to keep your right. food from predators because the mm-hmm. Wolverines will come eat your food while you're yep. sleeping and shit like that. And it's really interesting to see, how things are when because like sometimes i mean we i live in louisiana we have like Mm -hmm. hurricanes come through power goes out you might be without power for a week and Mm -hmm. people go (laughs) batshit crazy over that i'm like it's cool we got a generator we got gas like we got but i I wonder if it went beyond that you know go a month two months with no power people lose their damn minds Right. Um, and i think it's important for us to be trained for those things like i was watching um i think uh this show about the Olympic park bomber. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't really concerned about him while I was watching it. I was concerned about the people who were, you know, keeping him mm-hmm. and were trying to, you know, help him when they didn't know he was like terrible. Um, but the way in which they were set up as a community, they had like food storage and everybody knew where to be when something popped off and everybody was firearms trained and everybody knew, like where to go in the forest for certain things. Like, I'm just like, this is what we need to have. Like when the power go out and all that, like even I even want to have us a newspaper. Like the reason I want to have a paper newspaper is because Mm. we don't know when um, phones may go out or something may go down. I need my boys and our families to know that you're going to still be able to communicate with everybody based off this paper because you're going to get it every week. Um, I need us to be able to learn how to communicate without cell phones, et cetera. Where do we go? Where do we look for, you know, this, that, and the third, you know, if things pop off or if things happen right now, I promise you, nobody in Albany knows what to do. If the power goes out and everybody's stuck, you know, like nobody knows what to do, you know, but these things need to happen. You don't know what type of warfare may happen one day where Mm -hmm. we need to fight, you know, and stuff like that, you know, for the country or for ourselves or whatever, you know, right. being properly firearms trained, doing drills all the time. This is going to be constant training, you know, for our boys. Our boys will have to do 
qualifications, like even at our in our fraternity, things you're gonna have to do every year. You're gonna have to make sure you pass one qual, you gotta pass a rifle qualification, all that stuff just during the year, just to make sure you're still up to you know up to speed on everything because mm-hmm. you can still, lose some of yeah. that stuff. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So you know it, you have to make sure you you kind of re up on all of those things because you'll kind of forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these things are important, but you never know what can happen. Like we live in this nothing could ever happen to me, you know, type of way. And I'm just like, we mm-hmm. never really know what can happen. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I think a, that's important. In a way, we're like mm-hmm. a victim of our own luxury. Like exactly. We, we have allowed ourselves to be sure. victimized by that. You know, Beyond so, this. If you mm-hmm. take at least yeah. a good 75% of Americans and drop them into Haiti, they would all go batshit crazy. So I know mm-hmm. for a fact that there's, there's, and that's what, is kind of antagonizing and like really, really annoying is the fact that as a group of boys, we've needed something such as the Boy Scouts to kind of give us a false idea of what like uh, what manhood is. Or you, <laughs> Nico has the best you know, feet, right? Of things like we've lost the true trope. By- what happened now? Oh boy, did I lag again? <laughs> so by um, fire, we lost <laughs> by fire. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, but we've lost the idea of what a true trial by fire is, and you're putting these boys back into what fire is. You know, you got them creating their own fires for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. And the real idea of, um, what is it, being a provider, that just solidifies it for them. How am I going right. to provide the necessary tools to fix this situation? And mm-hmm. you're always providing go-getters, and that's actually beyond what – majority of these school teachers are doing by just writing a passing grade on a test like you are showing right. boys how to be leaders how to be men of not just mm-hmm. their own personnel but men of their families um and men of society true men of society right um so uh how do you necessarily um like do you keep in contact with like majority of your students being like a principal type thing or how does that work? Like, how do you, yeah, my, my boys. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. My boys, they're always, always in contact with me. We're always doing something. I try to make sure I remain consistent. Um, that's the biggest thing that our boys are missing is consistency. Um, so I don't do like this one program here and then never see them again. You know, people think they vision mm-hmm. do just do one event and like, oh, I helped some children. Like, no, dude, like you really got to get down and right. consistent with these children. Like they don't even trust you until you've been right, consistent right. with them. I mean, right. even allowing them to make mistakes like. You know, children are going to try you and things like that to see what you'll allow, you know, all those different things. Um, But remaining consistent with the children is important. So they're always, you know, have an open line communication with me. We're always able to talk about anything that they wish to talk about. You know, um, that's how I try to, you know, keep it uh, for them, just making sure that they're always having contact with me um, for anything, calling me for anything. You know, I had a situation just happened like literally before uh, the show started, you know, but all these things are important. Um, you got to be able to, you know, communicate even their parents, you know, have being able to have a direct link to me at all times, you know, all these things are important. They're able to reach out to me at any time. And Absolutely. then part two is, are you thinking, or do you know people who are possibly thinking of a program to rehabilitate men into being actual men, not like coming at like, well, no, I'm coming at a like majority of the men that are saying they're adults, but they're not really adults. I'm sorry for the people who feel offended because that's your ass. But like, kids are kids. is there a program that even though you're still, you know, focuses the kids, it's, 
you're doing so much. Are you ever thinking of expanding and like reinstituting manhood into like men of like now's generations and the ones that are above you? I don't think that's my fight. Um, mm-hmm. I've thought about it, but I feel like after working so long with trying to work with people in the community and trying to help others, et cetera, I just feel like I, that's not where I am. I feel like I just need to be helping my generation and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like the older generation, like even with our fraternity, you're not going to be allowed to join a fraternity over 25. You can't. Um, you know, you just can't. Um, that's you just can't join uh, if you're over 25. That's your decision making part of your brain is developed. You have your mind made up. You know, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard to teach. <laughs> it's hard, but it's hard to teach. You know, um, but all of them have to be able to, you know, learn all those things I talked about. You know, in, in those graduation requirements. But as far as you know, older gentlemen, especially trying to teach older guys, half the guys here hate like they to ask parents why are they sending their kids to me, etc. Because mm. I'm only 22. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> listen to these people. Like, I have no clue, like, why they listen to these people. I swear to God, like, the the, the angry people at me in our city are, like, fit, older 50-year-old mm. guys and 30-year-old guys, like, just talking to all this trash. Literally, for no reason. I don't bother to talk about them, nothing. I don't even acknowledge them. But they have all these nerves. And why y'all sending y'all kids to King Randall? He just, oh, my God. You know, just he's too young. He done sold his soul to the white man. He's just, oh, Jesus. I'm just like... What I'm like, but y'all listening to these guys with no empires, no wives, nothing, just on Facebook talking trash about racism mm-hmm. all day. Nice. Ain't got no house, no car, nothing. But <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they got to be right because folk around here be waiting to not like you for a reason anyway. So they just come up with all these <laughs> different narratives, and they like, yep, I knew it. And now everybody's like, yep, he said he sold his soul to the white man, so it must be true. I'm just like, mm-hmm. what exactly would the white man need with me teaching kids how to read books? Or change tire or change yeah, brakes. I'm like they they like oh the the po- po- he paid off by politicians. I'm like I don't even do political commentary. I don't share any candidate stuff. Nothing. Like right. only mm-hmm. if a candidate decide they want to come help us with, help us with something. Sure, I'll post a picture with them. But look, that's man, about it. Like I, was, I mean, they just come up with all this type of stuff. I just be like Jesus help me. When I when I was a little kid, I'm gonna date myself here. When I was a little kid, I was like 10, 11, 12 years old in the 80s, and. Mm-hmm. uh my parents are from this little rural town in central Louisiana and mm. not far from there is where, I don't know if y'all remember, there's a receiver for the dolphins, Mark Duper. They called him super duper. He played with Dan Marino and them. Anyway, oh, he's okay. from around there. He's from Moraville, like in a Boyle's parish out there. Well, he came back and played in like a softball tournament. Dude, the people I'm in the stands, I'm like 11, 12 years old. I'm in the stands mm-hmm. and I'm listening to these grown people clowning this man. Who's like a millionaire playing in the <laughs> NFL clowning him in the stands joking behind his back where he can't hear him and everything i'm like bro you, you like you might you might never and i'm not saying you you have to always make it out of wherever you are and that leaving the place that where you grew up is the is the height of success or anything like that but it's like right like you you're clowning this dude because he's in the nfl you know you would kill to be in his spot right you're right. clowning him just because you ain't him <laughs> Right, exactly. They they hate you because they ain't you. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's that's how that works, man. But uh, I just you know I just so let them run their mouths about sure. your about your soul and uh and and where it go. We we I know you you quote scripture a lot. Um, do you, yeah. do you mind before before you head out uh, getting because that's one of the one of our um big topics that we like to talk about a lot is is 
spirituality, God, uh, faith, religion, those sor- sorts of things. What what's your uh, what's your background with that, and how does that animate what you do? Yeah, I grew up in the church. Um, my I played the drums my whole life. Um, I just retired from playing drums at like 19. <laughs> I retired. Um, but I played my whole life. I, I've always been in church. My grandmother's a pastor. Or she's a preacher. Excuse me. She was a pastor, but she's a preacher. Um, my mom was a pastor. Uh, I, I lived that life my whole life. I've always been in church. Um, I've always been in church. Uh, and, you know, that helped me out, you know, a whole lot, um, I would say, um, because my grandmother was able to, you know, help instill in me certain things. But I think it didn't really click until I got older. And you know how when you're a teenager, you go through that little phase of, well, is this real? You know, and all that. You know, I went through that little phase or whatever until, you know, things happened. But then I think once I realized that Jesus and I had the same daddy, that's that's when things <laughs> took a turn for me. Like nobody really sits and thinks about that. Like, you know, you was made by the same person that made Jesus. Right. So why is he special and not you? So I try my <laughs> all my life for people to see me walking on water. That's mm. what I do. Um, nice. And and I look at that in a, in a figurative space. You know, I'm just mm. like, I mean, watch me walk on water. Jesus came to show, you know, what you could do. Mm. You know, and that's what I want to do. I want to show my boys what you could do. I want to emulate the footsteps of Jesus as we should be trying to do. You know, um, and and, and what's and what's happening to me is literally what happened to Jesus. Jesus said a prophet is with honor everywhere except his hometown. You know, Mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of how that works, you know. But um, those of the children that are coming under me and watching what I do, you know, I have to pay attention to myself and keep myself accountable but but spirituality plays a you know a huge part in you know what we're doing the the scripture teaches us you know um as a man think of so is he and our communities bear witness to the way that we're thinking so what can i do to change the mindsets you know of our children um i think that's extremely important scripture teaches us also it says uh let us make man i talked about this before people have their own little things about it i'm just like it says let us make man so i'm assuming god needed a little assistance so i'm gonna assist him we're making these men out here in this mm-hmm. community, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's that's what something something that he would like for us to do instead of just letting them die. You know, and mm-hmm. I always tell them, like, fight for young black men before they die. Like, what's what's with this one to fight for them? Why they in the casket? Like, what, that's doing them no good. That, that's that does mm-hmm. nothing for them. You know, yeah. fight for them while they're alive. You know, like we we talked about George Floyd. Well, what about all these kids out here that has a, have a mm-hmm. metaphorical knee on their necks that are saying that they can't breathe? Are you going to stand there with the camera like you did with George Floyd and just mm-hmm. record it and, and talk about it, but yeah. not go out here and do anything? That's what I call to stop the violence meetings. Mm-hmm. I call those recording what's happening. You know, I, mm-hmm. I call that recording what's happening to, you know, the, the kids, you know, you're recording the knee on their necks. You're not doing anything. You're saying, mm-hmm. stop, don't do it. Stop. Mm-hmm. But you're not engaging. You're not being active. Right. So I am trying my hardest to remove the knee from their necks because they're saying they can't breathe. But are we helping to help them find you're oxygen? You're not trying, big dog. You are doing and you're more than just doing. You're succeeding mm-hmm. with uh more expectation than people would give you like goodness gracious g like like i said before this i need to do better like i feel like <laughs> i'm gonna just at the end of this podcast i'm gonna knock on my neighbor's door like yo k-pasai like what what can we do like what can we do to make this better but that's how because, it's supposed to be that's yeah, how it yeah, should be but we should go next yeah, door and do that yes exactly <laughs> for that's, sure that's the lack of what we do and when you create men when men will create. Nico Every has time. the best feed. Every you should have like a little, you have a little tattoo for Nico feed. 
<laughs> yeah, it's usually when he's going to drop a gem. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like Nico's like um, Nico's got the gem ready to drop, and he's just like, and it's like, doing the biggest freestyle. Hey, wait, wait. Actually, <laughs> it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. So I haven't mentioned this before, but thank you for King Randall. This man is bringing not just. Um, knowledge to the feed but he's bringing eyes and with eyes there come pockets and with pockets that mean five dollars so with five dollars join our patreon and most definitely <laughs> be somebody who doesn't need to get patronized but you're joining the patreon because you need to be a part of what we're trying to do and what we're doing is building for a bigger and better community and not just with um <laughs> hey man, Nico, this, Nico, this is the best part of the show. <laughs> this is the best part of the show, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man, Nico! Y'all donate some, donate us some money so Nico can fix his internet. He's got to upgrade yes. to the uh, to the high to the high speed. If you can, if you can, I just need I just need an internet router. Like if like somebody can buy me another router, it'll I, I'll take AT and T. <laughs> I see, see, see Sharice Lane in here. I didn't even see. Her. Oh, she just she just popped in. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at the shout comments. Out, shout now. out to Sharice Lane. Shout out to Cannon uh, Hotep earlier. Halawe nice. is in here. Uh, uh, hey, Cannon Hotep said he's sorry you weren't in. He wasn't there in uh, Baltimore. Or he didn't. You didn't get to see him in Baltimore. It's all good. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. I don't drink, unfortunately, but we can. I can have some juice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Natasha, Kayleen, and Hotep Daryl, and all sure. the folks who came in. Um, I wanted to uh, w- one real quick thing for before you go. I know we uh, we're, we're getting we're running over a little bit, but um, you talked about you talked about how you know when you found out that you and Jesus had the same daddy that you said, why can't I walk on water? I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to do everything that I can. Do you think that people use what is supposed to be this, uh, this distinction between us and Christ as an excuse to not do great things? Yes. All the time. Not be the saints that they are capable of being. All the time. We use that all the time. And, and you know what Jesus also said, greater work shall you do. Oh my mm, God! I was looking for somebody. Somebody, where my organ at? Where my organ at? Marcus, I know. Marcus is looking down for like ten minutes, looking for that quote. God, <laughs> Jesus said, "I knew it." I just you do. Oh my God! Yes, somebody, indeed. Man, yes, indeed. Y'all don't hear me tonight. Tell your neighbor and say, "Neighbor, <laughs> Jesus neighbor. said, greater works shall you do." And right. Jesus said, "Greater yeah, works shall you do." Okay, right. we threw it, church. We threw it, church. Let me stop. I, I ain't oh, trying no, to get on my high. Church. <laughs> look, look, it's, it's real. There's a quote. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna try to I mean, direct quote it, but I'm gonna paraphrase yeah, it. There's a there's a great yeah. quote where someone yeah. says, "There is one reason and one reason alone." And this this will be both both terrifying, but also very optimistic, depending on how you look at it. The only reason you are not a saint right now is because you not you do not fully want to be. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the exact quote I was looking for, and I don't remember where it was, was uh, I, I think it was in Matthew, but I could be wrong. Um, it was very similar to the one that King Randall mentioned, but it is something along the lines of you can be everything I am and more. And, um, you know, if for those that, that watch this channel often, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in that the Bible is infallible. None of, none of that yes, stuff. Church. I don't believe in any of church that. Time. Um, 
but I do believe in God and I think Jesus was great. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and so I want people to, to, to follow that example that you're, that you're laying down. And, um, and, and the, you would want to think that a God, if there, there is some kind of sentient God, religion aside, he's going to want us to leave this world better than what we received of course of course i told people before people were like oh when jesus come back this i'm like no y'all better be scared of jesus when he come back because when he see the condition of our community he's gonna put his (laughs) foot in your ass that's what jesus is gonna do because Jesus is gonna come out here and be like you mean to tell me i came down here and did all this crap and showed Uh y'all what to do and your community look like what right. did he do in the temple when he found what they were doing everything. in the temple? I don't know why they try to. I don't. The they be trying to make Jesus out to be this this sweet old dude. Mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't sweet. Jesus was a warrior. I know in Revelation and it talks straight. about Jesus hey, coming look, back with a sword, with, dripping with blood. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know about this little sweet Jesus everybody else be talking about, but mm-hmm. Jesus I know was a warrior and he no was bullshit. out making shit happen. Um, that was just is what it is. Um, so I'm like, y'all better be scared of Jesus when he come back because I don't think y'all ready for him. Um, he's going to come back a little pissed off looking at the conditions of our communities while y'all talking about y'all waiting on the rapture to do some work. <laughs> For sure. That's right. That's right. Dude. And he coming okay. back with some Air Jordan chocolates yeah, sure. and he is. ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jesus is gonna have us a black forces. <laughs> he gonna come in church like this. <laughs> yeah, freaking right. <laughs> Look, the first thing he gonna say is, "Uh huh, yeah, depart from me, for I never knew you. Get out of my face." What you thought this was? <laughs> right. What's gonna shock a motherfucker? I'm telling you right now. If Jesus comes back. And and let's say I'm not totally fucked up. Let's just say that. Let's pretend. And Jesus and I are gonna have a conversation. I'm gonna be like, dude, all right, you came back. I buy it. <laughs> Don't prove it. Right, Got it. Right, right. And I'm gonna stand with him because mm-hmm. I stand with truth. And he is the way, the truth, and the light. And at the end of the day, he is the lion of light, and I will ride that lion every way I can to truth. And God didn't give us this world um, to to give it to oligarchs and authoritarians. He gave it mm-hmm. to us to give to our children. Right. And so what you are doing is God's work. I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody right. says. I don't care what your pastor the, that down the road says. I don't care. What you're doing is God's work. And I don't mm-hmm. give a damn if anarchists want to attack me because you're not an anarchist. You sound an awful lot like a fucking anarchist. I'll just be honest. You sound an <laughs> awful lot like us. And at the end of the day... Well, in a lot of ways, he's probably doing more to do his own shit than a lot most. of keyboard anarchists are doing. Right. You know, like like real anarchists should be like trying to like build their own school and buy right. their own land and and teach teach the kids instead of trying to like f- overturn the fucking public school system or some other bullshit or whatever the whatever right. other shit like it's like he's doing actual hands-on work anyway right. go ahead finish your point Marcus, uh, my point was you may not be an anarchist because neither am i because an anarchist means that i'm practicing anarchy i live in a state so i can't practice anarchy and yes chad to your point uh, i i live more in an anarchist state than uh than uh, than i live in a state i get that i understand that but um at the end of the day the state still fucks with me mm-hmm. but what you are 
uh, King Randall, is you are an anarch. You are, uh, there are monarchs, there are oligarchs, you are anarch. You don't have a master. You are not a fucking slave. Mm-hmm. And you have set up other men to not be slaves. So I want you to continue that work. I want you to build it. I want you to do everything you can because people like you mm-hmm. will make people like me relevant. Because once we get past all this nonsense that they preach every fucking day in every Congress and every Senate and all this dumb shit that doesn't actually do anything. When we get past that, it's going to be people like you that are going to be the people. You know, I love Murray Rothbard. His theories are right on. He's, he, he's right about more than I can count. But it is people like you that are going to make the visions we have come true. So I want that, and I mm-hmm. want that soon. And, and whatever we can do to help besides, I mean, we have all your links down below, but whatever we can do to help as well, like I, I want to I to, to, to help promote uh, what you're doing and sure. to make it, make it um, more, you know, more profitable for the boys in your community and everything. But the other thing I want to do, I had asked you at the Solutionary Summit uh, when you were up on stage about like if there was anything like a blueprint to like, you know, how – somebody like me could do something like this in, in my community and anything like that. But I think maybe more important is like just learning from your example as fathers to teach our mm-hmm. boys and then, mm-hmm. and then starting to branch that out into like the boys who are friends with my boys and then maybe some of the kids in the neighborhood or nearby neighborhoods and, and just to start doing that sort of stuff to, to make sure that we have more of these kids who have more of that, like self-sustainability of themselves. What, what, is there anything else you could offer in 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 that line of thinking that uh, besides just trying to start another extra boys somewhere else that maybe has a different name, but you know somebody does something that kind of mimics the work that you're doing in their community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well, for starters, I'm 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 about to work on creating a workbook for teenage boys, um, mm. not a book to read, but like a workbook, a self help workbook. Um, for teenage boys to be able to develop themselves, you know, um, if they're not in a program or not around me, you know, um, or other men in their communities could use these workbooks to help other young men in their communities help develop themselves. Um, so I think that'll be a a nice little start. Um, I just don't have the full blueprint yet because I'm still working on completing my vision. Um, I just want to create, you know, my idea of what heaven is, you know, here on earth, um, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus said that will be done on earth as mm-hmm. it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, you know, I feel like we can create that here on earth. The kingdom of God is in you and, you know, heaven is the kingdom of God. So obviously yeah. we should be able to bring that heaven here. Um, and mm-hmm. that's what I want to try and create, you know, for our boys. Um, but for people, you know, in other communities that would like to do something of this nature, I always say just do something. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, what I'm doing. It doesn't have to go, you know, as deep into it as I am. It could be something simple as taking somebody's child to school every day and, you know, mentoring them and buying them something to eat. Find a family to feed once a week. Go volunteer, you know, with your local whatever that's doing whoever. You know, just all of that. You know, I think that's, you know, extremely important. Um, but just doing something um, is is what's going to help. And if everybody does something, if everybody tries to find a reason to make somebody smile, you know, during the day, imagine if everybody was trying to do something for each other, you know, our community uh, would be in a better place. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you started off with this not necessarily being the vision that you had and it just, you know, it morphed into this. Right. And so like, mm-hmm. it's uh, sometimes it just starts with, with something, something small with a small effort. And um, yep. it's, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. The doing those little things, if everybody did those things and to that point about like the voting versus that, like how much better off do you think we'd be if the people who's all the time they spend with campaigning and sharing campaign videos and tweets and all this other stuff and yelling and arguing on Facebook, if they spent that time instead going and doing stuff in their community. Yep. Those people who would be relevant. Right. Those people who all I, all I see is drama online and mm-hmm. all I see is you doing podcasts, talking about this, that, and the third. I don't take you serious anymore. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for drama. I barely have time for interviews, but I make time, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, how do you? Yeah, I'm like, how do you have so much time and so much work needs to be done? Um, that's that seriously, you know, is stupid, but. It is what it is. You know, uh, we can tell people all day why they shouldn't be watching folks and giving them money. I don't even see how people will sit here and watch somebody talk and want to give them five hundred dollars for talking. That makes no sense. You know, I'm just like <laughs> that. That that does not sit right with me. That I'm like, you pay somebody a thousand dollars just to sit here and run their mouth. That makes no sense. You know, but it is what it is. So that's the way mm-hmm. the cookie crumbles. I think the most important thing, and and I think this kind of culminates what your plan is and what your your goals are. are oh, he throws too. <laughs> you at Nico's house, Marcus? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah I'm, I'm not the only one. The, my bad. <laughs> all right, can you see me now? Yes. Yeah, we good. Can you can you hear me now? Yeah. Let's buy Marcus some internet too. Okay. Right, for sure. No, um, what I was trying to say is to kind of kick this into uh, the idea off is um, what you seem to be saying to me and what it seems like your your path is, is tell everybody, start walking. God will put a road in front of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's that. Find Absolutely. your work ethic and then you'll find your purpose. Absolutely. <clears throat> yep. yep. I have... I have one like last quote that I always give um, from one of our hometown hero rappers. His name is Cantrell. He says, obstacles are optical illusions. They're not really there. Jump high anyway. Jump high just in case. Nice. Mm. Damn. That's good mm. stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, and with that, <laughs> I think it's a, it, a fair time to what, – what's that? What, Marcus? I was just going to say, I, I wanted to thank him for coming. Oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know, yeah. The stuff that I've watched, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm you know, a little biased, but I've watched a lot of your stuff. I, not everything, but I've watched a few things. And you know, this has been one of my favorite interviews with you. I've enjoyed the hell out of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, good. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, good. Thank you we very had a lot much of fun for coming and you, on. You brought, yeah, you brought so much knowledge, uh, and, and, and we really hope um, that we can do whatever we can to help what you're doing, but also to help do our own thing. You know, we want everybody out there who's watching this. Um, listen to what Randall said. This this man is 22 years old. Um, he's he's given more wisdom on how to how to help our communities than a lot of these people who are two, three, and four times his age. Um, let's do that. Let's go out. Let's let's do and not just not just for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but mm-hmm. go help go help year round. Do stuff year round. Every fucking day. It's not just it's not just when you feel guilty because you have so much and you're being thankful on Thanksgiving. And so, oh, well, let me go give a turkey. 
Like, okay, mm-hmm. the, what's that? What's that person gonna do the, the other 364 days? Right. Away? So, Absolutely. So shit it out and forget about you. Right. Exactly. So we got to exactly. a year round, a year round effort, and we've got to do everything that we can. And it starts with taking care of your own shit first. Mm-hmm. Take care of your home. Exactly. Make sure that your kids exactly. aren't the kids that need somebody, somebody to to do that stuff. Yes, that's right. Sharice is exactly right. He's just getting started. And uh, oh we're, yeah, we're, man. Oh, I love when haters. See. Dog, I love when haters be mad. I'm like, man, y'all, man, this is only practice. I'm just getting started. <laughs> this is only practice. They can't even keep up with my practice, man. They can't even keep up with the practice. Protecting but... Randall. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, but all jokes aside, man, as as long as we're you know taking care of our boys, you know the the women will eventually follow. I know I get people ask all the time, you know, about girls, but I'm just like, our women are in the condition they're in because of Absolutely. the lack of us, you know being there for them and us mm-hmm. taking care of our communities. Um, and I think that's important. So as long as the men are, you know, requiring more of them, they're only going to give, you know, what the men require in the communities. And I'll give an example before we hop off mm-hmm. my boys. Um, well, my younger brother, his birthday is tomorrow, actually turned 16, no, but my birthday. younger brother, um, he, um, we went to July 4th fireworks show here in Albany about three years ago. And uh, while we were there, uh, you know, the girls were there. They were half naked, of course, but they were allowing like random guys to come touch their butt and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like, you know, and he just like, why are they letting them do that? I'm like, well, that's what they require. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what the men want. That's how they Mm -hmm. get the man here. Um, I said, but once we saturate the area, you know, with men who don't require that, with men who require something more Uh, than you. The market will deliver. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You Mm -hmm. will. They will change automatically. They will follow the man. And, um, and then at that point, we can teach our women and young men and, and even older men have treated women like disposable objects for long enough that now yep. they are they they're kind of returning the favor. You know, I, I saw one of these threads somebody put up a while back. I, I, had, to, I had to I had to get off. I had to get off of Twitter. When I, I got about three things deep into this. This woman was asking for people to, to text their stories about like what they really meant when they said they were sleeping to their boyfriend or something like that. And you don't want you don't want to know what they were saying. Hey, it was dog. bad. It hey, was bad. The, game, the, the game is the game. The game is the Women are apex predators for a reason. Yeah, but when you but, but when you start to cultivate a different type of environment, <laughs> yep, you grow better men and better women. Absolutely, it's just it's just it's just natural. Big and when you, when you when you spray pesticides and all kind of trash, you throw all your garbage in the in the in the yard. You ain't gonna grow shit. It's all a bunch uh, of toxic shit in there. So uh, all you're gonna have is weeds and a bunch of shit with thorns and everything on it. It's not gonna be anything good. So uh, mm-hmm. no, I pre- I appreciate that. That's big stuff. Um, keep it up, and uh, thank you again so much for coming on. This has been great, and uh, we we wish you all the best. Everybody, go uh, check out in the notes below. Check out uh, King Randall's stuff. Uh, go to uh, theextraboys.org, right? Yep. That, That's yeah. It. And uh, and check him out there. Um, amazing stuff. Amazing work. And I still I can't believe like you're 22 years old and you started this when you were 19. It's amazing. And uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see what this thing looks like uh, as you go forward. And we're going to do everything we can to help for Marcus, for Nico and for King Randall. I am Chad. Um, we appreciate you guys joining us and uh, go, go check out the Patreon and check out the Teespring store. Get your merch and get your uh, get your support for the show on with that. Marcus, send us home. Stay free. Peace, everybody.